Thank you for listening to the Akuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, learning our purpose, and linking to our community. From wherever you are listening, welcome to the community. We hope you enjoy the message. Akuo, I'm so excited to continue this year with you. If you've gotten the chance to spend some time with us, which I hope you have, uh, you've learned that the God-given word for us, for Akuo, to live out this year is ready. And the idea behind that is that we are ready, and the, the phrase that keeps on hitting me is that we are ready as currently constructed. We are all ready to make an impact in the world right now. We're ready to listen to God, love people, learn our purpose, and link to our community. And as we continue to move throughout our year and get into this series that we've been in for a few weeks now, which is called Second Nature, we're going to see Jesus's most famous sermon he ever delivered and how that will help us live out this readiness every day by leaning on what Jesus has asked us to do, which is develop a second nature, the nature of him, the nature of Jesus. Now, before we go any further, let's just go ahead and pray. Jesus, thank you for today. As we listen to your words, let us understand them better than ever before. Jesus, we ask that you would move within us today. We ask that you would speak to us. Jesus, please help us know you better. Help us understand your heart better. Help us develop a second nature. Help us develop your nature, Jesus. Amen. Now, a couple of years ago, I got my first job out of college at KGNS TV in Laredo, Texas. And y'all, at first, I loved it. I loved coming in and working hard and getting to be a part of what we were doing at that station. But as time went by, I liked it less and less. To be honest, I didn't like the place as much anymore with every passing day. Sometimes I felt like things were put in front of me that made my job so much harder than they needed to be. Also, it was my first time away from home, so I was missing family. I was missing Lauren. I just kind of didn't want to be there anymore. So at a certain point, I remember waking up one day and being like, I need to refresh my resume. I made sure that everything that I would need to apply for a new job was ready to go. And after that, every single morning, I would wake up and I would check two websites before I went to work. The Texas Association of Broadcasters Job Bank and TVjobs.com. I would look through every position they had every single day in hopes that there would be a better job out there. Every day I would click onto the site hoping to find something different and new and exciting. I was looking for that job that I just knew would fulfill me in the way I felt like I deserved. At the very least, I would take a few minutes looking at each job and would wonder what it would be like if I worked there at this place or uh, not in anything but the place I was in at that time. At least I would be able to escape my reality for a few minutes. Have y'all ever done something like this before? Have you ever put yourself back out on the market while you had a job already? Have you ever started looking around at the next thing? The better job, you know, the one with better pay or better perks or the one that had better potential for you. But here's one thing that we've all known not to do, right? Because I'm sure we've all done this at some level. It's look for these jobs while we're like in the office and on the clock and in front of our bosses, right? I know I did all of my searching in the cover of my own home. 
Because I knew that if my bosses would have found my resume or seen my emails, they would have treated me very differently. Right? They definitely would have viewed my commitment to being good at my job that I was working then very differently. And y'all, let's be real. If we are looking for another job while we're working at a company, we're not really committed to that original company anymore, are we? I'll answer that question for you. No, we're not. At least not all the way. Maybe part of the way, but definitely not the way that we were when we first got started. So if that boss found out you're looking for a new job, they're definitely gonna treat you differently. Or they might just fire you. They might just say, go ahead, you want a new job? Good luck. Now what if this is something that you're doing at work, but not doing at work, but what if this is something you're doing in your marriage? What if this is something that you're not doing to your boss, but your spouse? What would happen if your significant other saw all of your search history? What would happen if the person you love most was able to be in your head while you're scrolling? How would that go? Some of you are like, oh, it's okay. It'd go fine because I didn't actually do anything. It's okay for me to look, but not touch. So long as it stays digital and from afar, I'm all good. Others of you might be like, well, I'm not even married, don't have a significant other, so I don't have to abide by that stuff at all. And I get that. By cultural standards, those ideas are correct. But we don't measure ourselves by the cultural standard. We like to go by the words of Jesus. And I remember a few weeks back, we were looking at Jesus' most famous sermon, what we were talking about, the Sermon on the Mount, where he was explaining to people what the law was useful for. Jesus wanted people to worry about the law that was given to Moses and the prophets directly from God. He wanted all the people listening to those. Not necessarily the oral tradition, the laws that were handed down by the religious leaders of their time. Because sometimes those oral traditions or oral laws, they were put above the laws that had been given by God to Moses and the prophets. And those oral traditions had morphed into something else. They turned into something that people thought they had to follow to be made righteous, to be saved, to enjoy an eternity in heaven. But Jesus stepped into his authority as the author. And he started to let everyone know what they had heard in tradition was different from what God had actually meant. He said, not murdering someone is not enough. He said, if you call someone an idiot, you've actually committed murder in your heart. And Jesus had something similar for adultery lined up. Let's read what he said. He said, you have heard the commandment that says, you must not commit adultery. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So once again, Jesus is calling out the oral tradition of their day. He's quoting back to them the law that they knew and followed the best they could. Jesus is calling back to them number seven of the Ten Commandments. And we see it here in the Jewish scripture. You must not commit adultery, right there in Exodus 20. Y'all, I just gotta say, this is a good rule. However, the way it was accepted and applied by the spiritual leaders of that time, it actually wasn't complete. You see, the rabbis in Jesus' day tended to look at adultery as wrong because it involves stealing another man's wife. Just like you must not murder, they viewed the act of adultery as an external act, right? Things that were happening on the outside that you could see. But then there was Jesus. He looked at it as wrong because of the way it would change a person on the inside. 
Jesus saw that this particular thing could corrupt you on the inside. In all of this, what we are seeing is that Jesus is just as worried about what we are doing out in the world as what we are doing within ourselves. Once again, Jesus is raising the bar. He's saying, it's not enough to just not have sex outside of your marriage. Remember, we need to go back to the commandment that Jesus gave, the one that said that we need to all follow. Love God with all your heart, soul, your mind, and your strength, and loving people the way Jesus loved them. Basically, love everyone and God the best you can. So you aren't doing enough in your marriage to just not hook up with another person. That's simply not enough. What Jesus is saying is that if you are looking at another person outside of your marriage with lust, then you are committing adultery. It's the same act. I mean, think about it. Are you loving God if you made a vow to him that you're going to marry this person and stay with them and do your best to love them, and then you commit this adultery? Are you loving your spouse if you're thinking about what you could do, what you could feel with another person? Of course not. You're not loving either one of them in those moments. You're falling short. Then remember, then for all the non-married people, remember, this comes back to love. Loving people the way Jesus loved is looking at a person and taking away all their humanity and reducing them down to sexual acts in your mind. Is that loving them? Of course not. This isn't the way that we are called to love people. This just isn't right. What we have to understand is that lust doesn't start with a physical act and then make its way into our hearts and minds. No, it goes the opposite way. It starts with our hearts and our minds, and then it manifests into a physical act. This is what Jesus is trying to get us to understand. We have to find out where it starts. We have to get to the start of it if we actually want to stop it. Jesus knows that it is incredibly important for us to think about the things that we think about. He knows that we need to monitor our thoughts because we are with them all the time, more than anything else. And if we let them wander, they will slowly take us over. If we let these lustful thoughts grow within our minds, then every person we see will be reduced to a sexual experience that they can or cannot provide for us. That is not the best way to live our lives. There are so many things that happen when we fall into lust. For one, we have a huge distortion on what sex is. Sex is meant to be experienced within a godly marriage to communicate the love for someone else in a mutual, physical submission to one another. It's literally the most vulnerable that you can be with another person. On the other side, it's just fulfilling a feeling that you feel when you look at someone. It's counterfeit. It's not real. Now, just to be clear, this isn't a thing that just guys deal with. Yes, guys are going to deal with it more regularly, but ladies are also susceptible to lust. It might not be in the same way. It might not have the same triggers, but it happens to the ladies too. So ladies, don't think you're off the hook for this. Don't think that you can mentally walk away from this conversation. We all have to be protecting ourselves from failing into this. And I know what some of you are thinking. I'd love to stop but it's really difficult. I get it. I know we live in a world that just isn't set up for us to avoid lust. We do not live in a world that has been created to make keeping our minds right easy. And in Jesus' wisdom, he understood that. So he spoke to that as well. 
If you're having trouble keeping the lust out of your life, here is what Jesus suggests that you do. So if your eye, even your right eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your right hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. This is the advice that Jesus has. Poke out your eye, cut off your hand. If those are the things that are making you look at people with lust or those are the things that are making you lust, then that's what you have to do. Now I need you to know, this is not literal. Please take care of yourself. Make sure that each one of your eyes stay in their sockets and both of your hands stay on your body as well. What Jesus is doing here is using hyperbole to make a point. He's explaining just how important it is to take care of yourself when it comes to lust and adultery. Because in full honesty, you can lust. You can think about these things if you can't see, and you could still act out this stuff if you don't have any hands. This is just an example of the sense of urgency you should have about this stuff. So when it comes to lust, y'all, we gotta figure this out. We have to do the things necessary to get away from it. And Jesus lays out this idea that the person responsible for dealing with the lust is the person that's committing the lust. Let me say that again. Lust-filled eyes are the responsibility of the person that is lusting. Jesus doesn't say, if you have lust in your eyes, go walk over to the lady that you're looking at and throw a blanket over her to cover herself. Jesus doesn't say, if your right hand causes you to lust, you should condemn the people that you touched while you're lusting after them. That's not it at all. He explains how the person that has the thought is the one that has committed the adultery. Jesus says that if you look with lust, you are the one that has to gouge out your own eye. Jesus explains that if you deal with adultery, you are the one that has to cut off your own arm. In the same way that Jesus had us deal with anger, it's not about the pe what the people are doing over there. Remember, that's what the Pharisees were worried about. They were worried about how it looked on the outside. So they would guilt and shame and harm people. Jesus is worried about what can't be seen. Jesus is worried about what we are doing on our own. Jesus is worried about what is happening inside of us. He didn't come to cleanse us just on the outside. He wanted our souls to be cleansed. So again, don't go to the lady down the street and get mad at her for this. Don't get mad at the bro from the gym that you fantasize about. It's not their fault that you can't control yourself. It's up to you to make the change. It's up to you to do something different. Cut off the activities and the thoughts and the people that are pushing you into lust. For some of you, that's like absolutely wild talk that I'm, that I'm throwing at you right now. You might think that you're an adult and what an adult does with another consenting adult, it's all good. You might think that you are allowed to do this. It's not hurting anyone, right? You might feel like these words from Jesus are restricting and keeping you from living your best life that you could possibly live. I get that. I understand that logic. So what I want to do is look at the Apostle Paul, get some more knowledge from some of the words of, of ancient Israel. And what 
I want to see what Apostle Paul has to say. Now, to give you some context, Paul was someone that would have been considered one of the greatest law followers in the history of Jewish faith. He was the zealot of zealots. But one day he encountered Jesus, and he saw the things that Jesus was calling him and all of us to do. Paul realized the law wasn't enough to save us, that we needed to follow Jesus with everything we have. So Paul started traveling the world and sharing this idea, the gospel, with people. He encouraged people to live their lives loving each other the way that Jesus would and how that permeated into every single facet of our lives, including the sexual habits of the world. And actually, the church in Corinth was dealing with issues connected to this, and Paul talked about it in a letter that he wrote to them. So let's read what Paul had to say. You Corinthians say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I might... I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies are made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares for our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord Jesus from the dead. You see, you weren't made for the pleasure of your body. You were created for something so much greater than that. It'll happen along the way. You were called to be the intersection between heaven and earth. You were called to be the temple, the thing in the world that had the presence of God within it. There has to be more to you than just chasing pleasure. And y'all, all of this is awful for you mentally. There are so many studies that deal with lust and pornography and how chasing after that can actually help you break your brain. So it's up to us to make sure that we are taking drastic measures to protect ourselves from lust. And sometimes that might look crazy to the people in the world around you. For some of us, we gotta get accountability. Y'all, there are softwares that can help us keep from looking at the wrong things while surfing the web. Apple actually has one built into its screen time app. Or it couldn't just be also regular check-ins with someone that you trust. Instead of calling that lady or texting that bro, reach out to someone in your community to help you stay away from that lust. You can also delete apps that might lead you to lust. Facebook and Instagram and TikTok might not get flagged by anti-pornography software, but people are able to find things that fuel their lust on every single social media platform. Now, if the phone is something that you just need to change, there's something I actually saw a pastor friend of mine buy recently. It's called a light phone. They call it a premium minimal phone. There's no social media, news, email, or internet browser on the phone. You can get calls and texts, and there's an alarm, and calculator, GPS, music player, a calendar, and a podcast tool. You know, all the things that, that you use it for. But you can get this phone for like $299 instead of $799 for an iPhone 14. So that's something that you can do, a drastic thing that you can do, cutting off your arm. But here's the deal, y'all. No matter what lengths you go to, how many things you change, how many limbs you cut off, you can still lust. You can still sin in this way. And the only way that you can truly deal with your sin, the only way that you can fully be cleansed of all of these things is through Jesus. By believing that Jesus is who he said he was, God walking the earth in human form. Believing that Jesus did what is recorded about him, that he led a life without sinning, sacrificed his life, then rose back to life and went into heaven. If you believe that, then you will have your sins washed away at the end of your life. 
You'll still struggle with them while you're here on this earth, but they won't be held against you by God. And if you never believed and you want to confirm your belief right now, you want to step into that right now, or maybe you just want to take a moment to reconfirm your belief, I want to lead you in a conversation with Jesus, which we would call a prayer. And in this prayer, you'll just simply confirm your trust and faith in him. And I understand that can be a little crazy, that can be a little weird. So what I'm going to ask is the rest of our Akuo community to pray along with you while you're having this conversation with Jesus. Because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community there with you. So if you want to confirm your belief in Jesus, just go ahead and say something like this. Just between you and him, just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Now, y'all, we are also a Kuo church. A Kuo means to listen. And we want to take a few minutes and just sit and listen. We want to listen to God. So what we're going to do here is we're going to sit back and ask God a question and have him answer it. Now, when we ask this question and, and listen, you might get a, a picture in your mind, right? You might have a thought kind of get hit you out of nowhere that wasn't a part of your train of thought. Or maybe you'll get an actual audible voice. Or maybe, maybe, nothing will happen. No matter what, we want to sit in front of God and spend this time with him because we are learning that the best ability that we can have when it comes to God, when it comes to developing a second nature, is availability. Okay, so here, here we go. Just between you and Jesus, I want you to ask this question. Just say, just between you and Jesus, just ask, Jesus, what are the things I need to cut off in my life to get closer to you? All right, we'll give you a minute and I'll come back and close in prayer.
Jesus, thank you. Thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for laying your life down for us. Thank you for becoming the perfect sacrifice for each and every one of us. Jesus, help us see the things that we are doing wrong. Help us love the people around us better. Jesus, help, help us love our spouses better. Help us be faithful to them. Help us get away from lust. Help us get away from adultery. Jesus, show us how we can stay away from all those things. Jesus, please show us what we need to do to get to you in the best way possible and to love the people around us in the best way possible. Thank you for everything, Jesus. We love you. And we pray all these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. All right, now before we go, let me just share a few things that we have going on around our community. And the first thing I want to talk about are, you know, we are always looking for ways for us to link to our community. And once again, we'll be partnering up with the Feed SA initiative to help serve the food bank at a time of year when they are desperate for resources. Feed SA is an initiative that was started at City Church many years ago to help the SA food bank when their donations go down in the summer and their needs for food in the community actually go up because kids are home from school. There's extra food that is needed. So we'll be doing donations to the food bank over the next few weeks and we'll get one of those red bins to put out during our services and you can drop off some food in that way or you can give money. For every dollar we give to the food bank, they will use that money to buy seven meals. And what we're gonna do is to make it as easy as possible is we're gonna have a line in our giving, in our ways uh, for you to go ahead and do that. The last day for all these food or these funds is gonna be June the 11th. We will also be making a donation as a kuo to do that. And y'all, you know that we are a place that loves to give and link to our community. So when you give to a kuo, when you are generous here at a kuo church, you're really being generous to your community through a kuo. This is one of the many ways that we like to be linked to our community. And we all know that we serve a God that wants us to be generous with his church. And we thank you for showing that. When it comes to giving here at Akuo Church, when it comes to being generous here, I'm not hung up on the amount or the percentage. I just want you to be listening to God about it. I want you to ask him how much he thinks you should be giving. And then that little voice, that random thought, that picture that you see in your head, that's what you should be giving. Now, if you aren't sure where to start, maybe you haven't heard from God yet. One of the many ways that you can express your generosity here at Akuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing which means giving a first fruit 10% offering in the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be where you start. Remember, we wanna make ourselves available. The best ability is availability. However, we don't want this to be a burden for you. We want you to do this as a celebration of the relationship that you have with Jesus, right? He gives you something and you give it right back because you love him, not because you're obligated. Being generous here to Kuo is about celebrating the things that you have received in your life, right? We wanna make sure that we are connected in all these ways. Now the celebration of giving might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family, and if that's you, that's okay. If things are tough for you right now, please allow us to help you out. We wanna be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone, there's somebody in your family, there's somebody in your neighborhood, there's a friend of yours that needs some help, please let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website akuo.church and click on the contact us link. You can also send an email to us at help at akuo.church or you can call or text the church at 210-901-8785.
Now, if you are willing to give here to Kuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website at kuo.church. And when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text to give option. For that, all you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our P.O. Box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail it to AKUO at P.O. Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, y'all, that's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that I love and appreciate each one of you. And me and the rest of the Kuo team will be praying for you all throughout the week. Now, before we go, let me just pray over you one last time. Jesus, thank you for today. I thank you for the way you move. I thank you for the way you speak. Jesus, I pray that you would break the strongholds of lust in our community. Jesus, I pray that you would show people there are better ways to live their life than to be looking at these websites and watching these shows and looking at these people in these ways. Jesus, I pray that you would show them how much you love them and how much better their lives would be if they would be preoccupied with you and your love than all these other things. Jesus, we thank you for everything and we love you. And we pray all of these things in your holy and mighty and loving name. Amen. All right, that's all that we have for you this week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.